Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. And we are kicking off a brand new series today. You all who have been here for the last couple of weeks can breathe a little easy because we are just we're wrapping up a love, sex and dating uh, series. And it's been awesome. But we we're talking about sex and you should have saw your faces last week. It was pretty awesome from this side. It was great. Like I would say certain things and everybody was like, oh, OK, here we go. But you can listen to the podcast if you missed it. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, but we're kicking off this new series on the famous Bible character named Joseph. And this is not the stepdad of Jesus, Jesus Joseph. This is actually a guy that was born a couple thousand years before him. And we're going to learn some really incredible lessons. He's, he's one of my favorite uh, Bible characters in, in the Bible. And the, there's a question that I want us to tackle this week that I believe has the opportunity to change the way that you live your life. It has the opportunity to shift the way that you see things. And for those of you, maybe you're in the room and you wouldn't consider yourself a Jesus follower. First of all, welcome. Like, we're super stoked that you're here with us. And even if you don't believe everything that we believe, and even if you're not fully in on all of this whole process, it's totally okay. I still believe that if, if the things that we talk about today, if you, you really lean into it, that God will actually do something incredible in your life and actually speak to you and do something. So even if you aren't ready to jump into all of that, I think if you, you look at this, your life has the potential to shift significantly. But this is the question. It's in your notes. It's on the screen. What would somebody in your current situation, what would somebody in your season of life and what you're going through, what would somebody do if they were absolutely confident that God was with them? What would someone in your shoes do if they're absolutely confident that God was with them? No matter how good things may be in your life, no matter how crazy it may be, no matter how bad your marriage may be in this season, no matter how insane raising kids is right now, like no matter if like you're single and you're in that dating world and you're, it, it, life doesn't look anything at all like you anticipated it to look like, what would happen if you truly believe that God was with you, how different would you think? How differently would you act? How differently would your life look and how you responded to things if you truly believe that God was with you? And, and as we uh, dive into this character of Joseph, we see him navigate some of the craziest seasons of his life. And we'll actually see about 20 years of his life play out in front of us over the next three weeks. And it's just this incredible journey. But there's this overarching truth that I believe, whether you believe in God or whether you don't, there's this overarching true and truth in our life that I think is important. It's in your notes as well. It says this, what we are actively looking for is ultimately the thing we'll find. What we are actively looking for. Like, just think about it. If you're looking for your friend in a crowded room, your eyes like naturally blur out all of the people. I'm in trouble because as of yesterday, I had a brunette wife and now I have a blonde wife. 
So like I'm in all kinds of trouble now when I walk into a room and I'm trying to find her because it's it's just going to be crazy. But you know, you walk into a room and you're looking and, and okay, well, she's a redhead. So you just blur out everything naturally and you're looking for that person. Or, or maybe it's in your life. If you're looking for something positive, normally you'll find something positive. Or the other side of the coin, if if you're naturally someone who just doesn't trust anyone, I don't, I don't trust anybody, just, everyone's out for their own agenda and I'm just not okay with it. If you're looking for dishonesty, more than likely you're gonna find something that kind of triggers that feeling in your life. Whatever you are actively looking for, you'll find. And I believe that in your life situations and whatever you're walking through, if you're actively looking for God, you'll find him. You'll find him there in your life, even in those moments for those of you who don't believe all the way. I'm just trying to figure this out. It's totally okay. I believe you will see him in your life because what we focus on determines the lens through which everything else is filtered. What we are focusing on is a huge deal. And so for a little bit of context before we jump right into the story, you have to understand in the timeline that Joseph was living. He was living before a lot of all the other famous Bible characters. Like he was way, way early. The only one that you probably would recognize is his great granddad was Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had, you're welcome for that little Sunday school lesson there. But that was his, that was his granddad. The point is Joseph didn't have the Bible. Joseph didn't have the Ten Commandments. Joseph didn't have all of these resources that you and I have to be able to lean on. Joseph, all he had was a few stories from his dad and from his granddad about a God who showed up in some pretty cool and awesome ways, but God was still making himself known to the people around him. So just understand that as we go through his story. So we jump in, starting at verse 2. This is the account of Jacob, his dad, and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the son of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph, look at this, reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. We would never do that because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, a robe of many colors in another translation. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest. And they couldn't say a single kind word about that joker. So Joseph is a 17-year-old little tattletale running to his daddy, and he was the favorite, and he got the special gifts, and he got the special attention. Anybody, you don't have to look at them, but anybody in the room have somebody in your family that's like that, they just get all the love. All the, oh, you don't want to call them out. I see. I see how it is. I know you do. Verse 5, one night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up. Imagine that. And your bundles all gathered around, and they bowed low before mine. And his brothers freaked out. So you think you will be our king? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because his dreams and the way he talked about him. All right, all right. This is just getting worse. This is getting worse for Joseph. 
He just keeps getting himself in these situations. You see this pattern in his life, and he continued to have dreams like this, and it, the, the hatred from his brothers started to rise. And one day, his dad made it even worse, and he said, hey, Joseph, your brothers are way out there in, in another area. I want you to go and spy on them and come back and tell me what's going on. Like, he's just not getting set up. And as he was approaching them, they saw him coming, and they started talking to each other, and they said, here comes that little dreamer. You know what we should do? We should kill his tail. We should kill him, and then we'll see how his dreams turn out. This is is getting rough. Verse 23, so when Joseph arrived, his brother ripped the robe that he was wearing. They grabbed him, and they threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty. That's just an important detail. They dropped his tail into an empty well. And then just as they were sitting down to eat their little Chipotle meal, they weren't worried about anything. They just dropped their brother in a well. They looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. And it was a group of traders taking on loads of gum, balm, and resin from Gilead down to Egypt. And Judah, a smart one, said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead, let's sell him to the Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Now, now let's, just, let's just pause for a second. Like, let's just be real. Where is God in all of this? Right. Where is God in this situation where his his brothers are beating him up? They're dropping him into an empty well. They literally just sold him into slavery. Isn't he the good guy? Where is God in this situation? Why would God not stop any of this from happening to him? How could God use this crazy situation? And you know what? You and I, we, we've been there in our own lives, Right. Looking at your own life, your own marriage, your own relationships, your own family, the own financial situations that you're going through. You, you and I, in different seasons of our life, we have thought, God, where are you? Where are you at? Why is this happening? I thought I was a pretty good person. God, where are you at in this moment? Did, did I not pray enough? Am I being punished? Did I not do the right thing? God, where are you? And there's a truth that you and I have to understand. It's in your notes. And as, as difficult as it is to believe, God is right in the middle of your challenges. God is right in the middle of your challenges. The things that you are facing. A few generations later, God speaks to his people through, through Moses. And he says this in Deuteronomy 31 and 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And I love this part. This is a promise to us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise that we can build our lives on. That no matter what we're facing, we can trust that God is there in the middle of it. And, and in my own life, There have been so many moments where I feel like, God, where are you at? That he's working behind the scenes in ways that I had no idea. And as I go through that crazy season, I see what he's been doing all along behind the scenes. God is present with you, even when it doesn't feel like he's there. 
The story jumps ahead to chapter 39. Joseph is now in slavery in Egypt, and it starts at verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. In verse 2, this is huge. And the Lord was with Joseph. Really? Time out. Like, God, if you were with him, wouldn't he not be in slavery? Like, wouldn't this situation look completely different? And we, we, we've had this moment, too, in our lives. God, how, how did Bill get that promotion? He is a jerk. No one likes him. I work harder than him. I, he doesn't even show up to work on time, right? Like, how in the world? Shouldn't good things happen to good people? What do you mean? This is totally unfair. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So don't miss that. Look at this in your notes. When we live as if God is with us, other people will notice. If we live as if God is with us, other people will notice. Why? Because Joseph wasn't trying to change his situation. Joseph wasn't trying to run away out of slavery. Joseph wasn't whining to everyone who would listen. Do you know I didn't do anything? My brother sold my tail into slavery. He worked hard. He was faithful. He didn't go into this depression and and this funk of like, look at how horrible my life is. Look how bad things turned. He lived his life as if God had a purpose for this season. That season just happened to be slavery. But he lived his life in a way that stood out that his slave master goes, bro, you're awesome. I'm just going to give you some more authority in your life. How different would your life look if we did that? If you did that? How differently would your job look if you walked into it with the mentality of God's with me and he has a purpose for me here. Well, Danny, you don't understand. My job is literally slavery. That's fine. I don't know what your job is. I don't know. But how different would our lives be if we woke up in the morning and said, God, I'm trusting that you're with me and I'm trusting you have a purpose in this season. How different would your marriage look If even in those seasons that you're fighting, even in those seasons of distance, even in those moments where it feels like, I think I'm ready to just throw in the towel, how different would life be if we said, God, right in the middle of this season, I'm trusting that you have a plan for this season and you have a purpose in this pain. I'm going to trust you that you're with me. Verse 4, so it pleased Potiphar, and soon he, stood, he, he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge, and the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. And all his house ran smoothly, and his crops and his sheep were awesome, and they flourished. Happy sheep. And Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. While Joseph was there, he didn't worry about a thing. And I just thought this was interesting, except what kind of food he ate. Because apparently he was a foodie. And he's like, Joseph, I like you, but I don't like you that much. I'm making my own quinoa. Get out of here. But how crazy is that he went from rejected brother to slavery 
to authority. He was an authority figure in this house. And I believe this, and this is important, and maybe you're here today just for this. God will use the broken seasons of your life to lead you to some of your most impactful moments. Sometimes that broken season in your life is what God wants to use to make an incredible impact if you will trust him through it. We have to trust him through it. If the story ended there, it would be a beautiful Disney story and everyone would live happily ever after, but it doesn't end there. Verse 6, Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. In the original language, it meant he was dead sexy. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I think. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. And she says, come here, baby, and sleep with me. He can't catch a break. Right? He just cannot catch a break. He's in another no-win situation. Can't a man just be beautiful and left alone? Why must you? Lord have mercy. Because here's the deal. If he says yes, he's, he's sleeping with his master's wife. If he says no, then he's disrespecting his master's wife. There's no win. There's no option that works out well for him. So he has, he has a choice. Do I sleep with her and at least get some pleasure out of this season? Like, I know she'll get tired of me, but for a little while, at least I can be the cabana boy that's naked feeding grapes to people. Like, this, when, when daddy's away, we're going to play. Like, should I just make that choice? Because I'm going to get in trouble either way. Or do I choose the hard right over the easy wrong? What does he do? Joseph refused. Look, my master trusts me with everything in the household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held nothing back from me except for you because you are his wife. Just in case you forgot, woman. How could I do such a wicked thing? This is such a huge thing. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against my God. But she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. He refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. And one day, however, no one else was around. And when he went in to do his work, she came and she grabbed him by the cloak. And she said, you will sleep with me, boy. And Joseph tore away and he took off running and left his cloak in her hands as he ran from the house. I can just see Joseph sneaking around the house, like around corners, like, what? Is she there? No, she's not there. Okay, I can go and clean this. Okay, now, wow, my, she's coming, run! Like having all the people like help her, this, this crazy sex crazed cougar chasing him around the house like a weirdo, right? This it would be an incredible show. But Joseph, he, he says, how could I sin against my God? How could I not live to the standard that he has for me? But remember, 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 he doesn't have a Bible. He doesn't have the rule book. He doesn't have anything except for this unwavering belief that God is with me and he has a purpose in my life. And so, ah, as beautiful as you are, and as crazy as the situation is, I can't sin against my God because I believe he's right here with me. Even though God hadn't done him any favors yet, I'm still, if I'm him going, hello, where are you at? So Potiphar's wife, she takes his cloak and she makes up this story that he tried to rape her because the story couldn't go any crazier. 
Surely God is going to intervene here. Verse 16, she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. And she said, that Hebrew slave that you brought into our house, he tried to come in and tried to fool around with me. But when I screamed, he ran away, leaving his cloak. And Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison. And there he remained. Can we, can we just be honest for a second? It's really hard to remain faithful in those seasons where we don't feel like God's faithful to us. It's hard to stay faithful when you don't feel like God is present, right? It, it's hard to navigate those challenging seasons of pain and confusion and try to have the clarity that Joseph did through this life. Maybe for you, you've been praying, you've been reading your Bible, you're trying to be a good little Christian, and you and your wife are still fighting. Maybe you're, you're trying to do all the right things, and, and your family is, is still crazy. Maybe you're, you're trying to do everything right, and your husband still won't show you the love that you need and won't show you the attention and, and won't connect with you in the way. Or, or maybe your, your kids are still acting a fool when they're getting themselves in trouble. Or maybe your bank account still feels like you're on the edge of catastrophe. And we have these seasons where we go, God, I thought if I did these things that everything would be all good. Where are you at? And you and I have a choice. This is huge. We can make decisions based on our current perspective or on God's promises. That's the decisions that we can make. We can make the decision to let this situation and these feelings and these emotions and these crazy moments and all these things that are happening in our lives, we can let those be the things that drive who we are or we can do something crazy and live with this unwavering belief that God is with me and he has a purpose. It ain't easy. I promise you, I'm not standing here going, hey, it's going to be roses. Maybe you went to church and that's what they told you. Hey, you, you just give your life to Jesus and everything's going to be awesome. They lied. I'm sorry. Jesus never promised us that. He never promised that life wasn't going to be challenging. He just promised he would never leave us. He promised that he would be present in every season of our life. So we find Joseph. He's sitting in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Paying the penalty for a crime that he literally ran away from. And look what the Bible says next. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. And show, I love this. And showed him his faithful love. I don't know about you, but I know if I was Joseph, I would go, hey, God, why don't you go be with somebody else? Because this situation is crazy. Every time you are with me, it's just getting crazier. Why don't you go be with my brothers? Why don't you go give them some of that faithful love? Let them have some of this, right? I would be ready to throw in the towel and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. I don't know about you, but I don't need to be friends with the prison warden. I don't need that number in my contacts. I'm good if my life goes without ever being friends with the prison warden. I'm sorry. 
Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners over everything that happened in the prison, and the warden had no more worries because Joseph, he just took care of everything. And the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. He was successful in prison. He had authority in prison. How does that even happen? Some of you can relate because your prayer has been, God, I want you to get me out of this. I'm done with this. Whatever this is. God, I'm, I'm done with this situation. I'm done with this financial situation. God, I'm done with this marriage. I'm done with this crazy family. I'm done with this financial burden on my life. I'm done with this health problem. I am done. God, get me out. If you're real, if you're who you say you are, then get me out. I'm done. And I believe Joseph, if he could sit across the table and have a coffee with you, he would say, I feel you. I promise I didn't want to be a slave or in prison or any of this craziness. Have some crazy cougar chasing me around the house. But I believe Joseph would look at you and say, what would life look like if you lived as if God was with you? How, how would your mindset change if in this season that you're so ready to get out? Like, I totally get it. I, I would want to get out too. But how different would your life look if you said, God, even if I don't get out of this situation, I'm going to trust you through it. I'm going to trust you right in the middle of it. I'm going to trust that you're with me. And I'm, I'm going to believe that this season is going to be preparation for this incredible season that's on the other side. I believe that's what Joseph would say to us if we look for him. For time, in a little bit, the very few minutes that we have left, let me summarize chapter 40. Basically what happens is Joseph is still in prison, and Pharaoh sends two of his, his chief members of his staff, and he throws them in prison. There was the cupbearer, and it was the baker. And one night, both of the guys had a crazy dream, and they woke up with these, like, functified faces, right? Like, you ever wake up in the morning, you just feel functified? You just, you just, you don't have to say a word. You just wake up, and your wife's like, whoa, what's going on with you? Like, they, this is what they were doing. So Joseph goes, what's going on, guys? What's, what's up? And they said, hey, man, we had these crazy dreams. And Joseph goes, cool. God's the one who sends dreams to you, but uh, I've had some experience with this, so why, why don't you just tell me the dreams, and we'll see what happens. So they did. And the cupbearer, he tells Joseph his crazy dream, and, and he goes, oh, man, that's an awesome dream. That's so cool. You know what? I believe that God is telling me in three days, Pharaoh is going to come back, and he's going to, like, restore you back to your position, and it's going to be awesome. It's in there. It's just like, high five. Woohoo! Awesome day. And the baker's like, ooh, 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 pick me. My turn. Let's go. I'm ready for this. So he tells him his dream, and Joseph's face looks a little different. There's concern. He goes, what, 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 what? What's up? He's like, ah, your dream's not as good, bro. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, in three days, Pharaoh's going to kill you, and he's just going to, like, hang your body up for the birds to eat. But you still make a great pound cake. Like, you're still a good guy. And three days later, that's exactly what happened. 
the baker is taken, the cupbearer is taken, and, and as the cupbearer is, is there, Joseph, Joseph says to him, hey, please don't forget me. Like, say my name, tell my story to Pharaoh, and maybe I can get out of here. Remember, I didn't do anything. Maybe I can just get out of here. In verse 21, it says, Pharaoh then restored the cupbearer to his former position, so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But, Joseph, but Pharaoh impaired the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. And look at this. This is so heartbreaking. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. After all this, beaten, sold into slavery, basically tried to get raped, thrown into prison, and now forgotten. All through those seasons, Joseph lived with this unwavering confidence that God was with him. And next week, I hope that you're here because the story changes. And he finally catches a break and and we see Joseph in the season of success, but his mindset doesn't change. And it's a challenge for us in those seasons where positive things are happening to see how God is with us. The reality of what we just walked through was nine years of his life. Some of us, we've been praying for something for three days and we're like, God, you're not showing up. I quit. Nine years. He lived with this unwavering belief, this unwavering confidence that God is with me. So our final challenge today for you and I is how different would next week look if you and I lived with the confidence that God was with you? How different would your work week look if you woke up tomorrow morning and said, God, I hate this job. I hate going in. I hate everything about it. But God, I'm going to live with the confidence that you have a purpose for me in this season. I'm going to trust that even though I don't want to be here, even though I'm ready to get out of this situation, God, I trust you're with me. How different would our week look if we live with this confidence that God was with us? I just happen to believe that when we shift the lens through which our life is filtered, it has the potential to change everything. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this story. Thank you for this incredible example of a guy who, man, he just trusted you. Where so many of us would just be so ready to give up. Lord, I pray that this week for the people who are sitting in this room, maybe they're in a season and a situation that they are so, so ready to be done with. God, I pray that you would just ignite a trust and a passion inside of them to say, God, I'm going to believe that you're with me and you have a purpose in this season. God, you have a purpose in this season of pain, this purpose, purpose in this season of frustration, of doubt, of insecurity, of, of confusion, of junk. God, I trust you. Help me to see you. 
And God, I pray right now for the people in this room that maybe they don't even believe you are who you say you are. Maybe they don't think you are with them. God, I pray this week that you would reveal yourself to them in a special way that only you can. God, that they would see you, they would feel you, that the words of this crazy story would just pop into their heads just out of nowhere. And they remember that, wait a minute, maybe there is a God who's pursuing me. Maybe there is a God who's with me. And maybe there is a God who has a purpose for my life. Jesus, we ask you to be present in our lives this week. Allow us to see you no matter what we're walking through, no matter the season. We trust that you are with us, you are for us, and that we can stand on your promises. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.